May only truth be offered here this day, and may only truth be received. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. My friends, it has been a dark week in the life of our country, and indeed a dark week in the life of the world. The so-called fog of war has claimed the lives of 176 people, most of whom were on their way to Canada, whose only crime was to board a commercial passenger airplane so they could return to this place or to wherever they were going after visiting relatives and friends for the holidays. The world sits in horror as these lives are snuffed out by what has been called human error. Events like these shock and appall us, and we are left to wonder how such things can happen. Unfortunately, we have entered a time in this world where violence is the first action that is turned to in the face of dispute. And I'm not just talking about international relations. Everywhere I look, I see this playing out in our lives. In grocery lines, in traffic, families, and yes, in politics. We are devolving into shouting first and then only going down from there. Destruction of someone who disagrees with us is the first place many people go to these days. And it is a shame. Disagreement is not hate. Disagreement <laughs> is normal. We all see the world through our own set of lenses. It's like being in a large room kind of like this one. Being in a large room that has three windows in it. Now let's just pretend for a moment that the windows that are over here on this side of the church are clear and you could see through them. Okay? They're beautiful. Stained glass is beautiful. Let's just pretend for a moment that they're clear. And you're standing at this one closest to me, looking out at the scene beyond. And you're looking at what you think is a normal-looking, beautiful, healthy tree. And then someone else looks at that exact same tree from the window at the back of this room. And they see something very different from their point of view. On their side of the tree, that same tree has a huge ugly growth that is twisting it and making it unnatural looking. And here in this part, in this window, you look out of the tree and you go, what? you say aloud, what a beautiful tree. Because from your point of view, the tree is very lovely. And the other person at the other end of the, of the room sees the exact same tree and says, I disagree. That tree is twisted. And ugly. And you can't reconcile this from your point of view. And so now you have a choice to make. You can choose to argue the point 
and enter into conflict. Or you can walk down the room to where the other person is and look at what they see. The differences of view that we have can be generational. My generation looks at the world in a very different way than my parents' generation, and indeed much differently than my grandparents' generation. Our differences can be geographical. We all live in different places with different needs. Our differences can be ethical. Some people think one thing is right and other people think something else is right. And so much more because we're human. We get to choose how we act on those differences. Do we use those differences as weapons? Or do we choose to enter into those differences? To see where each other comes from? Can we find a way to feed each other rather than to destroy each other? Is this hard? Yes, it is hard. Because you like the point of view. You like to see the tree so beautiful and so wonderful. You don't want to think that your point of view from someone else's point is ugly. But is it worth the effort? Absolutely. So how do we make this attempt? How do we, how do we try and put legs under this? This is where I turn to today's lesson from Scripture and to the festival that we celebrate this day. Today in our calendar is the baptism of Jesus, the day that the church remembers as Jesus' what used to be called the coming out party for young debutantes. The baptism of Jesus in the Jordan by John is the moment that marks the beginning of the public ministry of Jesus. This is the moment when our Lord steps out of obscurity into history. This is the moment when everything is put into motion and God goes into high gear, moving toward salvation. We hear on this day from the prophet Isaiah words that I think will give us some clarity through the fog that we are living in. Listen again to what Anne read so well earlier. Just listen again. Here is my servant whom I, am, uh, whom I uphold, my chosen, in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break and a dimly burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not grow faint or be crushed until he has established justice in the earth. God is telling us through Isaiah today that it is not through force of argument or force of war or force of destruction that justice will come. But it will come through seeing the potential in each person and doing all that we can to help each person unleash that potential upon the world. The bruised, the bruised reed and the dimly burning wick, which can all too quickly be dismissed as useless, are in fact the unexpected conduits through which God's justice can flow. 
God's justice is not human justice. God's justice does not come does not come from a loudmouth politician who desperately wants to be an anointed one. God's justice does not come from the violent sound of missiles and bombs. God's justice does not come out of death. No. God's justice comes to us through the still, small voice from an unexpected source. God's justice comes from the sound of gently caring for each other. God's justice comes from life, and that life is abundant. The one who is to bring this kind of justice is the one who shows up to the River Jordan and humbly bows before another and quietly asks to be cleansed. This is the kind of power that God urges us to use. Because it is the power to change the world, to fulfill all righteousness. It's all too easy to let violence, the violence that is inherent in this world, infect us, crush us, cause us to lose hope and take up the demon apathy. God wants better for us. We are to be resolute and stand up with the strength of God's justice, so that we do not fall prey to the predators of this world. We can choose to stand and not faint, to wield the quiet strength of love so that the weak will not be crushed. We who have taken up Christ's baptism are those who have been chosen to do this difficult work. And we do it not by violent means. We do it by working the quiet miracles of epiphany. And those quiet miracles uphold the weak, care for the sick, clothe the naked, feed the hungry, and say to the powers of this world that crave chaos, we build up where you tear down. We bring life where you bring death. We will bring God's justice in every action we choose. When, my dear siblings, when each of us do that, it is then that the Spirit of God will descend upon each and every one of us, will alight on us, and we will hear in the stillness of our heart the voice of God say to each and every one of us, this is my child, my beloved, the one with whom I am well pleased. Amen.